that's fantastic. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Reeton Entertainment Podcast. Today, if you're listening to this on release day, it is Sunday, May 8th, 2022. Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. This is episode 349, and joining me this week, we have Aroa, the Aroa make Aroa. It's me again. I'm the only one. And he's the only one, because I'm your host, Connor the Cyberpunk Monk Besh. Uh, Aroa, what we usually do when we start off the show is we talk about the games that we played over the last week, and we discuss where we could find you on the relevant social media links. Do you want to discuss that now? Uh, yeah, I'll discuss that. So, um... You know, Aroa.website, as always. Uh, as far as what I've played, um, well, I, I've kind of jumped around because I've just been trying to figure out some fucking thing to play. Uh, I've been watching a lot of, like, uh, this guy on YouTube. Uh, what is it? Am I think it's Ambiguous Amphibian plays a lot of strategy and like uh, city builder type games and that made me go you know what i'm gonna try crusader kings again so i played Ooh. crusader kings 3 okay um that's a it, it, it's really good uh for at least for somebody who's like detached from that series because i do remember when it came out that there were a lot of people who were like it's not as good as two but I wouldn't really know. I do think I remember there being some relevant controversy with like mod support because it like makes you use the paradox launcher and shit. But as far as I'm aware, it has Steam Workshop support now, and that's like where all the good mods are. So that's all good. Doesn't matter to me because I'm playing it on Game Pass. Right. Um, uh, also, relative to that. Uh, played Kenshi, because that was another one. Um, Kenshi is uh, bullshit, as usual. Um, though I did find out the uh, starting thing that I was using drops you in a random town, and that means it has a chance to put you in like the most inopportune area that you could possibly spawn in, and that's why I had a really frustrating time for the 45 minutes that I was attempting to play and just kept getting killed over and over again. Yeah, I feel like that's a unfortunately common experience, especially with sand-based, uh, sand, not sandbox, but like any game that has a randomness factor on that. Like, if you don't have the the soft landing, there's a chance that you're in for a rough one. Yeah, it. Um, so I did the um, the nobodies start, which puts you in a party of five, and you start in a random town. Unfortunately, the town that I started in consisted of one building and no other NPCs. Uh, well, no other, like, neutral NPCs. The only ones that were around were just these roving groups of uh, robots with swords that would just kind of run over, see my party, and then slaughter us because all we had to fight with were two-by-fours. Um, so, yeah. Uh, didn't play that for very long. Um, I my spine is finally recovered enough too to where i felt okay playing blade and sorcery yesterday with oh, hell uh, yeah. mods turned on and uh coincidentally the beta for the new big update came out yesterday but i didn't play that 
Sounds really fucking cool, though. I uh, will probably play that later today or something. But, uh, yeah, like, I hadn't really played the game with mods all that much before, and now I understand why no one plays the vanilla experience. Because even the, like, weapon handling mod that everyone uses alone completely changes how that game feels. Uh, instead of weapons having weight to them that feels very artificial and frustrating uh it's a lot more akin to how gorn feels where it's just your movements are one to one like yes it kind of makes it feel like a wii game but it also makes it way more fun and it feels like you're really in control and not fighting against like your sword that feels like it's feels like it simultaneously weighs 100 pounds and like absolutely nothing at the same time uh it's like like waving around a sword made of paper because it it's so slow to move through the air that it's like it, it's being held back by the air itself so i mean the opposite way of doing that is i think what they were doing before where they have that artificial weight or like you move your hand and then it slugs behind yeah. that is just nauseating in vr i can't stand that sensation yeah it, i feel like i'm behind myself that's that's how it felt previously and i i hated that i would much i much prefer being able to just move the sword around as if it's an extension of my arm and uh, even if it's kind of unfair for the npcs that's okay because there's also a mod that makes the npcs just run 30 percent faster just in general <laughs> so like they're kind of moving at hyperspeed but that just makes it more fair whenever you're already an unstoppable god. Um, I think that's all I got for right now. Didn't play any WoW this week? Uh, what I was obligated to play. It's, uh, yeah, it's, I am having some more fun with it now that I've switched things up. And I'm marginally excited about the new expansion coming later this year. But, uh, yeah, it's, I'm just kind of in, in rolling along mode. I did get the, uh, for anybody that, that knows, I got the achievement for getting, uh, 2,500 points in Mythic Plus score. Uh, it's like, that's like the seasonal Mythic Plus achievement, uh, which is pretty cool. Congratulations. So I, got, I got a, I got a big glowy red mount that looks like some kind of hell demon that's pretty cool now when you're standing around the mailbox outside of the bank people will go wow that guy really is just another one of these obnoxious people in my way <laughs> yeah yep you're right there are no auction houses in the current hub area really it's really annoying yeah instead they're relying on all the people who spent i want to say it was a million gold on a mount last expansion uh, that has a portable auction house. Uh, mm, yeah, I guess that has the utility of it. It's, but, uh, then yeah. you have to use that mount instead of your glowy red one or whatever the fuck. Well, and also I still you remember can't get getting, it anymore. I still remember getting a, a Phoenix and running that, that Sunwell rune so many times. Like we, we probably did that raid over 200 times. <laughs> the Sunwell. And then you, you, yeah, at the time you could only use it in Outlands. So it was like, okay, I could. Here I go in Shathra. Look at my bird. I'm I'm a blood elf on a blood elf mount. Woo! <laughs> and 
that I only that, even vaguely know what you're talking about because of how little time I've spent in those zones. To be fair, it's like a fit that, 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 I, I know it's like ten years. <laughs> there, uh, I'm, there are people I'm going who to are... assume that's a ten-year-old bit of content. Uh, well, that like if it was Outland, I'm assuming it was like Burning Crusade. Yep. So, uh, I think more like thirteen years. Make it stop, or I'll make time stop. <laughs> like there are people playing WoW now with their kids who have played. They they've played it their entire lives, and now they're playing it with their kids. <laughs> like, what is? Did you do all your homework, Kim? Yes, mother. And did you do your dailies? Yes, mother. <laughs> uh, um. So yeah, you can you can go now. Oh boy! Oh, hold on. What's going on? We got robots. You got robots. Why do we got robots? You're a little still robots. You're... Now you're okay. Okay. It just does that sometimes. I don't know, man. I don't Discord have... sucks. Discord. It's Discord's fault. We need to switch back to Skype. You could. Fi... <laughs> Let's go on Teamspeak. Oh right. You could find me at Aroa.website. The one link that I want to bring your attention to there is Clinton's Core Classics, Rise of the Rune Lords First Edition Actual Play Podcast. You can find us wherever podcasts are found. And I work really hard on it. And I, I would just be delighted as punch if you checked it out. As far as games I've been playing, I, I've been looking at Steam and it's sad. Know what I did? I, I loaded up that Dawn of War 3 game, that 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 League of Warhammer game. Loaded up the next game in the campaign, and I went, <sighs> and I understood that I didn't actually want to play this anymore. So I, I think it's on its 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 death throes. I I don't I haven't uninstalled it yet. You know, maybe I'll get a an inch to play it again, but I ain't feeling it right now. What a Which what I, a life that we live now, where games are so disposable. Yeah, I. I don't know. All the games that I still like playing are like 25 years old now at this point. Game design has changed fundamentally. Yeah. Does that make us boomers or does that or is, is it the children who are wrong? It's the children. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I tried to play that and I, I, I'm not really going to say that I played it. I tried to and I failed. I played a round of Warhammer Gladius. I still have the same issue where when I do anything other than baby easy for baby mode, it's it's the difference between this game is too easy, let's kick it up a notch, and oh god, my army, my army is gone. Oh no, they're coming for me. So I I need to find out what I'm doing wrong. I I'm not ready to give up on this game, but I'm not quite there yet. Oh, and a four X game, I see. Yeah, it's it's Civ. Yeah. But, but instead of the option to go to war, you're just always at war. That's, uh, your description sounds remarkably similar to my own experiences playing any 4X game ever. Oh, that's unfortunate. I, <laughs> I've enjoyed a lot of 4X games uh, diplomatically. Sometimes it could be a challenge even. From playing with real people uh, on multiple occasions, different people, mind you, uh, I have learned that my problem is I can't think more than 30 seconds into the future. Ah... Uh... These, so that, uh, these you know, games the let you play a long game. You know, the whole strategy part of the, the strategy genre just doesn't... It is an important component. <laughs> I, I imagine you're not too good at Risk, either. 
Uh, probably wouldn't be if I ever played it. Yeah, you're, you're actually not missing out that much. My my Can wife keeps wanting bit? me to play it with her, and I'm like, no. That, that seems like a trap. <laughs> well, she she's the one that I've played Civ with most recently. Like, it's just she think good, me no. There is a couple that I know who the 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 dude's a total gamer. The wife doesn't game at all, so she says. Except like when they're laying in bed or whatever, they'll take turns passing the iPad, and you could do the the hot swap seat mode. Oh, and they'll play games like Civ together like that. And I actually think that's a a great utility use of that. Like if you're on a flight or something like that, that'd be great car ride with siblings. Bam, keep those motherfuckers entertained. Man. You imagine like five more years whenever this we'll have Steam decks that are like, you know, Chinese hundred and fifty dollar units and we can do that same thing. It's mounted in your wrist and then like one out of four people's wrists just explode randomly. Yeah. The, that'll be the Samsung one. Yeah. <laughs> Historically speaking. <laughs> and eventually it'll just get to the point where I'll never need to interact with another person ever again. God, I hope so. I hope so. I don't know if I mentioned it or not. I've, I've played a little bit of Space Station 13 as well. Some Sometimes I play that game and I don't get an exciting role for like months at a time. And then there's time like this week where I'm like, well, I, I could probably play for like half a round. I'll just, I'll play her. Oh, oh, I'm the prime antagonist. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess I need to drop my plans and bring my A game, which is a good problem to have because, you know, you, you sort of want to have those antagonist roles. So you and, you suddenly found out oh i get to have fun this time i i wouldn't even say that it's a game where you're allowed to make your own fun but the permissions you have for that fun are very much based on what role you're filling yeah i see so if you know i'm a vampire i suddenly have a lot more tools to have fun than i normally would for you know maybe a bad example it's it's a good game i recommend it to anyone it's ultimately a game about learning i would describe it as but learning's boring. Doesn't have to be. I I once made somebody like laugh so hard that they started sending me private messages when I taught them how to make math in the game. <laughs> it's you make your own fun, you know. And friends. And Apparently. meth. And meth. Uh, and that's that's I haven't really played any other video games. Being an adult's kind of boring sometimes. Oh, that ain't no shit, man. I uh, yeah, I my my life as of late has been very dull. But hey, at least I'm getting paid decently well. Hey, it's you know it's a good motivator, and it's nice when you could take that pay and you could turn around and you know spend it on the the fruits of other people's labors and arts and stuff like that. But sometimes you don't even need to pay for that sort of thing. Sometimes. All you need to do is ask. Such is the case of a user who wanted to have access to Microsoft 3D Movie Maker, if you're aware of that little bit of software from 1995. Oh, man. I was um, so fucking hyped whenever I read about this. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I was... So I, I knew about 3D Movie Maker, just... I, I, I don't think we had it, but I remember having it on a computer, like, at a public house or something like that, or... Anyways, uh, I, it, it sparked again in Resurgence. The article that we're going to talk about in a moment mentions Germa. I'm not sure if you know Germa or not. Uh, just a little fucking bit. Let me t- let me tell you. 
he's he's mainstream i guess i've I've actually never seen a german thing but german's amazing it's hard to not know about him um german's German's a lovely man and very funny i know the last major exposure that i had to 3d movie maker was blue shell incident which is joel varg skeletor's Uh, 3d movie maker foyer i i tuned in one night on a stream while he was making that and I ended up watching him make that over the course of like eight months or something like that. I have an unusually like passionate attachment to that project. And like, I, there's a there's a channel I have all their videos are archived. They're from like almost ten years ago, uh, if not more than ten years ago, actually. Uh, that are all a bunch of really fast paced, wacky 3D movie maker videos. Um, that was that was the first time that I. I had seen them, or seen it, but uh, as the article says, the rat movie is uh, without a doubt the most prominent bit of 3D movie maker media I think that most of the internet is aware of. I'll need to end up actually watching it uh, when we're done with our recording here. So, in a curious bit of historical preservation, Microsoft has released the source code for the 3D movie maker, a fondly remembered piece of software from 1995. You might know it best from Germa's oft-memed rat movie, as we were discussing a moment ago. And this comes amidst the wave of source code releases for Argonaut's game's B-Render engine, which is what was used by games like Carmageddon 1 and 2, the original Star Fox, Privateer 2, The Darkening, Queen the Eye, and Croc. And I'll be honest with all of you, I've only heard of one of those before. You know which one it is. It is it Croc? No, it's Carmageddon. And this could oh. lead to fan update versions of these products, which are easier to run on modern computers. Let's let's face it, these they have a certain artistic charm to them, but they certainly also do show their date a little bit. Uh so I love Croc, by the way. Just gonna put it out there. I I don't think I've heard of it. Is that the one with the, the skeleton dude? Like the, the cartoony skeleton? Are you are you thinking of uh medieval? Maybe I'm thinking of medieval. Croc is um, Croc is a is a very early PS one, um, possibly Dreamcast, possibly Sega Saturn. Actually, no, it was Sega Saturn. PS one, Sega Saturn, three uh, D platformer, um, where you play as an anthropomorphic crocodile, uh, and and he he speaks gibberish, um, as Crocs are wont to do, and uh, he has a he has a tail whip attack. Uh, a la Gex, and it's very, very cute, and not very hard until the last uh, world, where it gets like stupid difficult for no real reason, other than it has tank controls. Well, it's an older game, and if people aren't buying it, you need an excuse for them to keep on coming and renting it. Come right. on, I think of the money. Yeah, I also I... did not know that it shared that engine with Star Fox. Yep, yep, yep. The original is, one. It's it's got a certain nostalgic feel to it that when you see products using it, sort of just have that feel to it. It's really wild that they were able to extend that. I do remember though, uh, reading about how like Argonaut Games had some very talented programmers working for them. For sure, and it shows definitely. It's it's the exploits that they were taking advantage of that were able to make the PlayStation One such an amazing powerhouse too. Yeah. And especially when you see like 
you know, just just like lots of these engine products one after another. It's got that that like I'm trying to think of the word, maybe the aesthetic. Like like if you're on if you're on Unity and you download the PlayStation One, you know, the the textured emulator, it's got that feel to it. Yeah. I think at least to my feel, this is the the B render 3D engine feel. It all sort of has that like stretch texture feel, that that sloppy polygon feel. It would definitely be kind of incredible if the plans that uh, those who who have been asking for the source code have end up panning out because they want to kind of modernize the engine um, without taking away that aesthetic feel. And Which it, I'm all for recurrence, uh, resurgence. That is. Yeah, like it would it would be great to to not have to just use a Unity plugin, but instead like actually have games natively running like this. And here's the tool. And I mean, even in 1995, the whole point of something like this was to rapidly do 3D animation, something that's famously a big pain in the ass. Being a, and we we've gone full circle on that extent where now when you're 3D animating something, every model is so dynamic and chunky that it's more not necessarily how much detail are you putting in here to animate it's how long is it going to take to render simplicity and a return to form is a huge benefit for powerhouse studios that got a lot of work they need to churn through though i i'm also wondering how weird it's going to look the first time a 60 fps 3d movie maker video comes out because uh 144p trace straight ray trace polygons uh, i i don't remember it was a different article that i read that talked about it but uh the the original 3d movie maker was limited to like something like 10 frames a second i think like every 3d movie maker video is very choppy which adds to that aesthetic but absolutely uh, the the dude wants to be able to unlock that frame rate which uh could have some curious results i'm i'm excited about this this is really cool and so it's cool of microsoft to do it 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 is super cool of microsoft to do it actually i've investigating for this week's episode i sort of got a big smile looking at the thread it's nice seeing people cooperatively collaborate so last month uh user turing known by foon on twitter was just tweeting microsoft like hey give me the source code to your 1995 3d movie maker i will help you source it if you would like uh, and this ended up getting the former CEO of Argonauts, uh, I, I'm guessing that's Yez San. They saw that and he's like, hey, I totally have the rights to do this and I'm down. I just don't actually have it. Uh, which eventually got this huge thread where Microsoft collaborators were messaging in. And now there's a couple of builds out there, all available on the GitHub. Wow. So, super cool. I love seeing that as a developer and supporter of open source in general. It's only going to do good. Can't wait Did, to, have, to have 3D movie maker source ports. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, like it's gonna happen. We, you're laughing right now, but it's gonna happen. Great. I'm excited for now that we have like everything from my childhood being open sourced on PC. I'm just gonna be able to play Ocarina of Time the way it was meant, which is 1440 frame rate ray traced <laughs> polygons. It's gonna be great. Let me tell you. It, Play, playing Mario 64 at 60 FPS on on a little thing like that fits in your pocket's really cool. 
cool, isn't it? It's kind of cool with, living in the future with like smooth camera controls. Like that completely like just changes how that game fucking feels. It's great. I'm waiting for somebody to put Cappy into Super Mario 64 and see how easy that game is after that. I think that's already a thing. Somebody's actually already done that. I, I made <laughs> that joke, but I've seen it. It exists. <laughs> fucking Nintendo nerds are so fucking weird. So we we kind of just talked over this article. We not chronologically, but we did basically mention to touch all the things that it touches on anyways. So, uh, Ro, are you planning on downloading uh, 3D Movie Maker from GitHub? Oh, absolutely. I cannot wait. The last time I touched 3D Movie Maker was with uh, Windows ME. So Okay, so it's brush off those cobwebs and see if it comes back to you. Yeah. So, yeah, good on you, uh, Scott Hanselman of Microsoft. Good on you, uh, Jeff Wilcox and Foon and, and Jez and, and all them. Good job doing the right thing. Uh, special mention, last week we were talking about digital tape medias and, you know, some of the benefits of them. Oh, Turns yeah. out some of these versions that they got, like the initial issue was, I would love to give you this. I don't have any of the source code. Microsoft turned around and pulled it off of a goddamn tape. Which, like, good on Microsoft being organized enough to know that that even fucking existed. If anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Microsoft. Yeah, that's true. And honestly, there's something to be said about, like, it, especially, like, regressively. If you've done something in the past, you should have access to it just constantly throughout which is something that i really wish they would tell the developers working on halo infinite lately <laughs> did you hear that halo infinite is locking out the season one challenges unless you additionally buy the season two battle pass what oh sorry what? you have whiplash from that transition yeah no not the just what why would why 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 <laughs> what the fuck are you thinking <laughs> So the battle pass is for season two, but not owning it has consequences on everyone who has season one already. Microsoft, this is not being nice to your users. <laughs> and I, God, I hope the lawsuit, like, like I hope anyone's like, hey, we, we paid for something and now you're taking that away from us? No. Yeah, no, no, that's, no, 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 no. You can't. It... That's why we call the, it the a season, because it the... goes away. The games industry really needs some fucking, like, legal oversight with shit it like this. Some, it's got some cancer that needs to get ripped out. We need to cut so, out the cancer. I mean, exactly. <laughs> Halo Infinite began its Season 2 titled Lone Wolves earlier this week, but the introduction of the new Battle Pass seems to have an unexpected consequence on those who didn't first finish Season 1. Those who want to be able to progress through Season 1's Battle Pass are finding that one of the progression slots are locked, and buying the Season 2 Battle Pass is the only way to unlock it. So I... not only... It's not like, hey, we have this fourth one that you could buy access to. It's no. We're taking this away. You want it back? Give us money. The challenges available in the Season 1 Battle Pass are now different than they were before. Four challenges from the weekly queue used to be available at any one time, meaning you could progress in these simultaneously. However, only three are available now, with the fourth telling players to upgrade to the Season 2 Battle Pass. Wow. Good system. So I guess, alright. So it, so it isn't necessarily that they're just revoking your ability to unlock those previous things. 
just that they're slowing down your progression unless you pay more money even though you already paid for it once in the first place presumably it seemed like it made it to the point where all of those previously unlocked challenges were also going to be made unavailable to you unless you had that so the the three the what used to be four now three slots yeah the the rotation will no longer cycle for the season one content unless you own season one and season two is that is that maybe that was my understanding perhaps i'm misunderstanding this let me, I, let me... the article is written a little awkwardly yeah uh, this, this is from gamestop by the way so GameSpot. yeah that that tracks uh finding one. yeah it's it's one of the so yeah you have four different challenges that you can progress on at any given time normally but now they are locking one of those unless you buy the new battle pass can you Which, still choose the season one ones yeah now you, that it's you season can, two you can still progress on the season one challenges all you want uh it's just that you can only do three at a time instead of four at a time that you previously could gotcha okay that's not as bad as i thought it was it's still scummy it's still stinky but it's not total lockout okay. you know what i don't like uh and this isn't even related specifically to this article but i just hate whenever games make you pick what thing you want to progress on whenever they're just like general action sort of of challenges where it's just like because you know most of these are just like get a hundred headshots and like why do i have to pick between even four different ones of those whenever you could just track all of them across every game and, and oh, i know hero, the... uh, this way you have some players who are wanting to use weapons that require utility and focus and other weapons that are good for crowd control that might not utilize distance as well that way, there's a fresh rotation of what people are playing styles. Also, that way people can't just have fun with the game and have <laughs> to keep on coming back. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think <laughs> I think that's it. I, I think it's uh, give them a reason to come back. And this is something that I saw in Planetside, another game that has a, a really weird free-to-play model, which is it will reward you for playing the classes that it selects for you today. And that those are your dailies, whatever. And I, I don't think it's so much of a daily as much of a career tracking in this case. So it doesn't work exactly the same way. I could deal with it in Planet Side. It's just annoying in Halo, though. Yeah, like, it, like you say, it, like it's one thing whenever it's, whenever it's like it's a free to play game and they're doing the League of Legends style thing where these are the characters that are available this week, and, mm -hmm. and then like you can pay to unlock the ones you want currently. But well, this, this is, is just a first fucking shooter. Yeah, well, one, yeah, this is a first-person shooter, but also, like, this is just a a slot to allow you to progress. And, and that's such a stupid thing whenever, like, the whole progression in a first-person shooter thing kind of was popularized in COD 4, where that wasn't a thing like all of your achievements were tracked across your career across every game and it was just a matter of i mean yes they're grindy challenges but they're going to be grindy just by the nature of it it's not like it's not like something where these are going to be unique challenges every week like that's just not sustainable it's going to be get 100 headshots get 200 headshots 
call in 300 UAVs, you know? Or the oddball 10 times. Right. Like, but this is just artificially slowing down that progression even more than it already was, which is just, that's just gross. You know who I feel bad for, for all of these people? Is, um... Well, I guess I should actually roll back just a, a quick step here um, and actually finish the article. So they're <laughs> saying that they're working on implementing a career-based progression system, which I think would actually solve the problem as I see it right now. But they don't have anything to announce as far as like a timeline for this implementation. But the fact that they have to say that probably means they are also aware that there's you know, a major hole in the ship that they're sailing on right now. Right. I... I'm really curious about player numbers for on Halo, Halo Infinite. I, I bet it's not very good. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I was kind of guffawing before we recorded. Uh, the people on my friends list, more of them are playing through, even still right now, playing through the Master Chief Collection as opposed to Halo Infinite. <laughs> that is telling to me. Yeah. Know who... I really feel bad for in this case are the people who invested on it and were told they were getting one thing and then, you know, it ends up they're getting something totally different on the case. It's still a good segue, even the second time. Thank you. <laughs> it's it, it really leaves these investors in the dark. Sort of the same way that uh, the SEC says that NVIDIA needs to pay 5.5 millions for allegedly hiding how many gaming GPUs were sold to crypto miners. It, Nailed it. Hiding? Uh, I mean, they were they weren't being upfront about it. And this isn't the case. Like you're playing D and D, and you're you're throwing bluff. And you're, well, I'm not really lying to him. It's, no, you're you're misleading him though. This this is unhonest practices. Hmm. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Huh. I wonder. I, I'm I'm wondering how they did. They just know that they were selling to crypto miners then, and just mm -hmm. pretended that they didn't yeah i imagine it's something like that probably like oh we we can only sell five for household we're sorry oh your your business complex is actually 100 apartment units oh yeah that's fine <laughs> wink well uh, this part in here says that uh, the sec notes nvidia saw an explosion in crypto mining related sales in 2017 when the rewards of mining ethereum grew dramatically crypto mining was widely widely reported as a cause of gpu scarcity and nvidia launched a separate cmp line specifically for mining attempting to prevent shortages for gamers but employees apparently acknowledged that many gaming gpus were still going to miners the company's sale personnel, in particular in China, reported that they believed to be significant increases in demand for gaming GPUs as a result of crypto mining. So, uh, looking through this, it looks like it may have been such that NVIDIA had suspicions that it was crypto miners who were buying up all of their product, but the, since they couldn't prove it either way, they just defaulted to, no, it's gamers it's gamers it's not crypto it's gamers and why else would someone need 100 gpus obviously they're <laughs> trying to play crisis one and they keep on burning through them it's uh they're it's somebody launching you know their own cloud gaming service which is still gaming that's what it is you know like I... uh like that shadow is it i think it's just called shadow actually 
uh, shadow player or whatever. I, no, no, I mean, that's that's the recording thing. It's like one of those because they're like there are a number of those now where it's it's companies that have like probably a couple hundred gaming PCs just kind of plugged up to a network and you remote into that PC to play games on it because you can't afford are, a real gaming PC. Are any of them successful? Uh, not anywhere near as successful as the big guys that are doing it, like NVIDIA themselves. NVIDIA and um, didn't PlayStation have one that barely worked? Yeah, Sony's got their thing. Um, Microsoft has their own version of it. Uh, I think, pretty, yeah, pretty much everybody... Uh, including Nintendo has a cloud gaming thing at this point. Uh, so I'm sure that sort of, a lot of yeah. that hardware has gone into that. Yeah, I guess that is cloud gaming, the, the, the stream your game. And I, I guess everyone's not, I, I'm asking about playable ones though. I guess these ones aren't really playable. Um, well, the, the one that I, that I mentioned and there, there have been a number of, a number of others that I've seen where it's, uh, it's less that you're just like renting game time and more that it's like a, you know, what it is, uh, it's like a, uh, a PC cafe, you know, mm -hmm. where, uh, you're just renting time on that PC and, uh, it's either physical hardware or more likely a VM that you're, you're renting time on and you can do whatever the hell you want in that VM, uh, whether that's game or I guess you could potentially do like CAD work or something on there. But uh, the only one that I can think of, I think it was called Shadow. Uh, uh, gaming. Uh, yeah, Shadow.tech. Uh, your new PC is in the cloud. Get the power of a high-end PC on devices you already own. And basically you're just using something like Parsec or whatever uh, to remote into their pc what's up gamers have you ever heard of citrix <laughs> yeah pretty much uh, you uh you have to have at least a speed of 15 megabits per second but after you subscribe they create your cloud pc in their nearest data center and then you can just do whatever you want on it it's pretty cool but i'm sure I feel that like we're uh, getting dangerously close to the days where gaming is going to be a timeshare scam like yeah. we're, we're we're knocking on that door. We're not we we're not quite in the doorway yet, but we're we're right there. I mean, yeah. Like uh you get you get a 1080 or equivalent uh a 4 core 8 thread processor, 12 gigs of RAM, which is a really weirdly specific amount. Um anywhere from 256 gigs to 2 terabyte. Uh it says HDD and it says mm. SSD mm. performance. Ooh, <laughs> sounds like red flag, it, red flag. they're probably using like fiber channel hard drives uh and then you get windows 10 of course and that's uh 30 dollars a month that's i mean if it works that is you know big if that's actually I, not that bad i guess yeah it's not it's like not bad as long as like it's not reasonable for you to just buy a fucking pre-built right right but if you're playing that over a game that let me try that sentence over if you're playing that over a year you know just paying for that is almost what you're paying for a, at least a entry to mid-level gaming pc anyways right and at least on a on a gaming pc that you own you have literally no latency not very <laughs> right. low latency 
and you don't have to it's, deal with network issues or anything like that. It's the latency between the monitor to the machine. If you're complaining about that, please stop playing Smash Brothers and take a shower. <laughs> so grossly paraphrasing a little bit in this article, it's basically exactly like Aroa said, where uh, SEC's, I guess not them, but people in the company would be like, hey, how much of what we're selling is going to crypto miners? And their senior people are just like, uh, no, it's it's gamers. It's it's gamers. And despite this, NVIDIA didn't mention the mining-related sales were a factor in its gaming division's success. So it, when it mentioned that crypto is an important factor in other markets, this suggested to the SEC that it was being deliberately deceptive. And investors' anxieties turned out to be well-founded when the crypto crash of late 2018 led to its quarterly earnings being projected like 500 million slashed and mm. this ended up sparing a shareholder lawsuit because 500 million is a lot of money and crypto is a, a big big old pump and dump scam <laughs> yeah i was that is that what i did i call it that on here last week you called or? the nfts a pump and dump ah okay same thing i mean really. yeah I, I don't disagree with you like like I, I I believe that I said last week, I do think that the technology underlying has a lot of potential, uh, especially in terms of like rights management. Not for but, stupid shit that people are buying, though. Yeah, not not for this fucking bullshit. I own a bit. It's a bit, and it's mine. Loser. Fucking. Fucking nerds. Rich. Rich stupidly nerds. Stupidly wealthy loser. <laughs> Nvidia's fucking, disclosure failed. The, Elon the failures Musk. deprived. Sorry, <laughs> the disclosure failures deprived investors of critical information to evaluate the company's business in a key market, says the SEC. And all users, including those that pursue opportunities involving emerging technologies, must ensure that their disclosures are timely, complete, and accurate. So, Nvidia wasn't quite honest, and they get a big slap on the wrist. Yeah, big, so like big five hundred million dollars is... slap on the wrist. That's probably nothing for them. For them, yes. They make that with their subsidiaries to the crypto that they did <laughs> that spurred all of this. What? Why is it that government entities never, like, actually make companies pay for anything even whenever they find them in the wrong? Uh, They do. It's just, you know, it's as long as they're getting their cut, they don't actually care. <laughs> Hey, okay. stop doing that, they say with their hand held out. <laughs> huh? Yeah. You're going to stop dumping radioactive material in that water? Do I have to give you another $500,000 fine? I bet that. Even though you provide all of the energy for the Tennessee Valley Authority. Huh? Huh? <laughs> that, that was an oddly specific call out. I have no beef with the TVA. Uh, I, and I, I think that's it. I have some honorable mentions as we go out the door here, but that won't take but a second. Yeah, I mean, we, we should do that uh, because we're only at 45 minutes. Um, okay. And also, I well, I do have I do have this, but I think it's going to be another honorable mention. I'll go ahead and drop it in here. While uh, you're dropping it, I'll, I'll discuss... Uh, I'll take a dump right in here. Have you ever heard of uh, Apple, this little indie company called Apple? Uh, uh, they... App Hell? Yeah, it's uh, it's like Granny Smith or Golden Delicious or something like that. I, I, I was a lot. Do they sell Macintosh that. apples? Or something like that. Fiji. Yeah, it's Fiji. Fiji apple. That's what it is. Ah. <laughs> so, 
Uh, they are slowly changing their implementations for how their return to work policy is, which cost them their leading machine learning uh, director. Mm, that's which for not a company good. Like Apple is not good. No, a cause... lot of what they're working on and planning right now seems like it's pretty critical to have that AI foundation working for it. Yeah, all those chips and those technologies. Uh oh, what a dumb reason for it too. Uh, so apples don't go ahead, please well, it, like like with the company that i work for they're kind of doing the same fucking thing they're forcing everybody to go back into the office even though there's no good reason for it and a good said, reason for it they're paying the the rent on the building right like that's that's literally it, it is that they they don't want to lose all of that presumed value from paying for that office space that they've already paid for like a three-year lease on. But look how nice our foyer looks. You mean I, you don't want to use our boardroom that we spent a couple thousand dollars on a table on? I, okay, these ones are oddly specific call-outs that I'm doing. <laughs> and, and like in the case of Apple, you know, they they spent... Who fucking knows how much money? I, I, I'm sure that it's out there, but without a doubt, hundreds of millions, if not like well over a billion dollars on this fucking campus, this big circle that looks like something out of a fucking sci-fi movie. And like a, like a dystopian one, mind you. Not not like not a good one, one, a bad one. Yeah. Uh, like, they, they, don't, they don't want to set the precedent of going, well, if you really don't want to, I guess it's okay. They're they're going to force as many people as they can. And apparently that includes even their fucking, the director of a department that is foundational to everything, as you said, everything that the company is doing right now. Like, I don't think they've done a single press conference where they haven't talked about how they're working on improvements to machine learning. Every product so I, that they sell has dedicated machine learning hardware. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I, I know you know that, but every piece of hardware they make has a dedicated chip for this which means it is a part of their fundamental base like i mean let's take a step back one of the reasons the the apple the the iphone the 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 touch all of that was successful because it was like well it doesn't have a hard programmed keyboard so let's just make it a screen we could have whatever we need now that we have this chip we're saying let's get this thing ready for whatever ai problems we throw at it and it will be able to handle it yeah. That's that's sort yeah. of the the Apple. That's I don't want to say that's their strategy because Apple doesn't have a good strategy as far as I'm concerned. But they want their machines to be the workhorses for whatever kind of task you throw at it. Well, and and part of it is their cloud infrastructure tends to be pretty shit. And so yeah, you want the machine to be able to do all in one, right. standalone. Because they and they also they use it as like a. A marketing tool for like well everything's done on your device so it's full privacy and all that good shit but no, like, i mean they're taking all that anyways i i wouldn't expect any sort of privacy on an apple device absolutely but uh yeah like like the value for them comes in they can rely on your device to to be able to handle things because their infrastructure isn't very good uh and this is bad this is bad because like siri sucks Siri has always mm-hmm. sucked, and Siri is like k- kind of their 
flagship AI product. And you mean it's not Apple Maps? I'm not even. I. They. That's. Ah. You know they need a chip on their machine because their phones can't run an A star algorithm, apparently. All right. Which, which uh, is an algorithm you've... used to, to to optimize paths. Ah, okay. See, you've you've lost me now. Now, now, now I'm now I'm lost. I don't know well, these. Well, you see, a row is commonly when you want to get the shortest path between two destinations. You want to be able to do the one that takes the least amount of moves. A star is a formula that analyzes uh, any set of n paths and finds the shortest y to that. It, it could be any variables. I'm just throwing it out there. I had to to make an AI that solved riddles and mazes and stuff. So I'm kind of actually good to talk about this. It solved riddles, uh, like mazes. <laughs> Did you I call could, it a riddle? You could, you could, you could type a message. What? It was a chatbot, and you could say, what? "My brother and other brother speak only truths, but I speak only lies." And it would, it what would is a out. maze if not a visual riddle? <laughs> uh, I also want to mention this one doesn't affect me at all, but uh, I was I was at my buddy's playing D anD D, and he had mentioned that uh, the Xbox network had gone out. And I guess this is the second time this week this has happened. Speaking you, of shitty cloud and structure. <laughs> right. Um, the, the only reason I really wanted to bring this up, like the, the article that I posted has a whole bunch of like charts and analytics. And so I don't care about any of that. The only thing that I really care about is this is what happens when you say I'm okay with software as a service slash video games as a service. You're and, saying, oh, the internet went down. I guess I can't play any of my video games. And what's fucking bizarre is that even in the cases of games that were on your your quote unquote primary device weren't running like yeah. it was it was as if everyone's licenses suddenly expired simultaneously which Buddy is Ryan said he was in the middle of a game he got kicked out tried to boot another one couldn't boot that and he's like well i guess i don't know what i'm doing with my one day off now and that's fucking insane like i remember uh on the 360 one time I hadn't connected it to the internet in a very long time. Uh, and I went to play a game and it was like, you can't play this game right now because you don't have, have a valid license. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And that was how I learned that you have to connect the Xbox 360 to the internet like once a year or something like that to refresh the licenses for digital content on the console. God, I hate video game certs. I hate that so much. <laughs> And so I guess that, well, obviously that still exists in the modern Xbox space, but I guess if the right thing goes wrong, it can happen within a matter of seconds where your license expires, which is ridiculous. And also like, it is exactly what they said that they weren't going to do whenever they released the Xbox one and said never mind we're not doing the thing where you have to be connected to the internet all the time like if did they just like secretly go back on that i guess so like they must have better i don't have a good they haven't said what was going on so i don't really have a good explanation for it one way or the other i'm going with somebody tripped on a power cable until somebody says otherwise <laughs> i i've had that actually happen at my workplace we're not mm -hmm. not tripped over a power cable, but somebody like somebody pulled the plug 
on something and the entire data center went down. I and... wasn't there for it, but at a place that I worked before, there was a sign that said, uh, no one, absolutely no one is allowed in this data center. And apparently that's why. <laughs> like, it, but this, this shouldn't be allowed to happen. This shouldn't be a thing. You could only play physical disc games, apparently, uh, during this, this outage, which, like, at least there was that, I guess, if your console you know, has a physical disc slot. If this had happened on my Switch, the only physical game I own for it is Zelda, I would be pissed. Yeah. Pissed, pissed, pissed. Like, and and what sucks is that we're complaining about all this, but, like, if you don't connect to the internet whenever you launch a game on Steam the first time, you can't play it offline. Yep, same. And I mean, you, you have to sort of, typically you download it from Steam, but like, was was that you I was talking, somebody I was talking to, I was like, I'm just going to bring my external hard drive to work and download some video games so I could transfer them when I get home. And like, in in some cases, that's, you know, I do that, but if I get home and I go to play it, if I don't have that internet connection, it doesn't know what the hell I, that data is. Nope. I don't have a license for that. And it, it's like we we did this to ourselves as a society. Like the the cost of convenience is strict licensing. Nah, we didn't need this. We everyone should just but be buying every game from deals, God. Cool. Mm, yeah, I, I, I mean, all of our money to CD Projekt Red. I'm not against developers getting money if their product is good. They just have to make a good product first. Well, it, because they're the ones that own GOG was my was the reason I said that. Oh, yes. Yes, they do. Yeah. Isn't that fucking weird? It is. I actually forgot about that until you mentioned it. Yeah, I do too sometimes. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why I don't shop there. Actually, that's not true. I don't shop there because they don't fucking have anything on there that I want to play. Nah, not anymore. A lot of the games that I would be interested in playing from them are previously owned. It's it's the Steam paradox. Every time a sale happens, you already own all the games that are on sale. Yeah. Just, just like fucking Humble Bundle shit. Uh, well, we've got five more minutes until we hit an hour. Um, I'm going to talk about something. Yeah, do uh, it. I see that you posted this. I'm actually pretty familiar with all this. We we do this at work already. So uh, Apple, Google, and Microsoft have come out with some marketing talking about a uh, new revision to the FIDO standard, uh, which is essentially just a... It's a way of replacing your password. So instead of logging in by typing in your password, you have a device on your person that you use as your password. And uh, the main way that this differentiates itself is that the device you're logging in on, your PC, has to authenticate with your personal device, which is going to be your phone, via Bluetooth. And then after they, after they confirm with each other that they're close then you get a pop-up on your phone that says, here, you can sign in using your, your FIDO creds. And then you're signed in. Uh, no actual authentication steps happen over Bluetooth. It's literally just going, are you close to the device you're signing in on? Yes. Okay. Then we'll give you the, the pop-up thing. 
Um, I, I guess this is okay. I don't see this as being a real replacement for passwords anytime soon because I've had a YubiKey for a long time now. And I can probably count on one hand how many times I've used it to log into something. Because the fact of the matter is, no one seems to actually want to use any of these services. I don't know why. I don't get it. But... Because they take setup and uh, troubleshoot. Excuse me. Oh, pardon me. It's because it takes shut uh, setup and uh, 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 maintenance. Yeah, I guess it's really what it is. Like, it's so much easier, I, I guess, to implement a, just a standard username password login versus oh, somebody inevitably lost their key. I guess you can't work today, or I guess I have to disassociate you from all of these security locks that we have in place. Yeah, and, and like, two FA is different because at least if you have the one password, we can get you so far. At least in an enterprise environment, uh, like your second factor can just be that you're physically at your location. Uh, but like with this, if your one and only way of of getting in is you have your phone on your person, and the device you're logging into has Bluetooth. Which is another problem, mind you, that uh, while a lot of PCs do have Bluetooth now, not all of them do. And further, I'm assuming that you have to actually use uh, like a pairing system on the on the PC to pair your PC and your phone. And having a lot of people do that is not feasible because even I have problems pairing Bluetooth devices with an actual PC. Like, I can't imagine having a 40-year-old or, or 50-year-old man trying to figure this out. Not even on a competence level. It's just another gear to put in the already running machine. That's another... It's uh, There's... Oh, God, there's a word for it, and I can't think of what it's called, but it's a, another potential breakpoint. When, you, when you're doing, like, security analysis, there's a specific word for that. It's not coming to me. Oh, it's like attack surface or it's not attack surface, though, but it's it's a it's a breakpoint. It's a vulnerability. Yeah. Oh, like, no, my laptop still works, but my uh, my Bluetooth. What is that? The not a wick, but a, a dongle, a dong, whatever. <laughs> if, if it's integrated, it's, you know, on the motherboard or something like that. If that stops working, I guess I'm done for the day, boss. I'll see you later. Yeah. Like and kind of similar to how. 2FA solutions work right now, the backup that you would probably have in this situation is a password. So what's the point if we're yeah. if we're just gonna have a password? And I called into the service desk and said that I lost my dongle. Here's my password. Uh oh yeah. security breach. Just like with the way that 2FA works, most of the time right now, you can tell, say, Google that you want to log in with your security key. But if you lose your security key and all the devices that you have backups for it on, then they can still send you a text message, which is notoriously easy to steal your, your phone number. So it, it's not secure at that point. So what, what's the point? Stealing your data was easy as one, two spoof. Yeah. Or calling T-Mobile and saying, 
Can you send me a new SIM card? My phone ain't working. And they'll just do it. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and ask you what your T-Mobile data is, uh, your, your, your data plan. No reason. Just just want to know what, uh, what, your, what your number was, what your plan number was. <laughs> yeah. I assume you're not on T-Mobile. I um, I am not. I don't use, I don't use T-Mobile. I, only, I use T-Mobile as an example because that literally happened to a YouTuber. Uh, multiple I, times, I think actually. I actually remember you saying that now that, now that you mention it. It was uh, Ethan Klein. Uh, he, his, uh, his SIM card or, well, his phone number was stolen at least twice. Uh, and after the first time he asked T-Mobile to put like a security code on his account so that like, if anybody called in and wanted to make changes to his account, they needed that code and it still didn't matter. Once you find out the code, it's. Well, they didn't even I, need that. They, that or, you know, complain loud enough and they'll yeah, do it anyway. You, you That's just whine enough. IT service. <laughs> That's uh that I uh I couldn't get logged into the VPN at my work one day and I called in the service desk and just was really upset and sad and the guy in the service desk felt bad for me and let me in anyway. Huh. Did you <laughs> report him? No. Nah. Homie did me a solid. I might need him to do me a solid again in the future. Basically, because Keep I, that I shit in your back pocket. I talk to service desk fairly often, uh, in my day to day. So I was like, you know what? I'm just I'm I don't care. I don't care. We're, this this was good for me. We're still trying to kill some time, right? I can incriminate a, an old coworker. I was responsible for a big cleanup on someone's machine, and I noticed somebody had their OneNote syncing like cracked versions of Photoshop and stuff. <laughs> And normally I have to be like, hey, that's piracy on our network. Oh, here's our... And instead I was just like, hey, homie, you can't be doing this on high profile machines. Come on. <laughs> but it was like 40 gigs or something like that being held up. I was like, what the fuck oh is eating up space on this hard drive? It's, it's the entire crack of Photoshop and like <laughs> some videos. Jesus. At least I was just playing games on my old work laptop. No, we... <laughs> Believe you me, friend, I've seen some shit. <laughs> well, is, is that it, or do I need to like start talking about Warhammer now? Uh, we're, we're past the hour point, so I guess that means we're good. We've met the quota. Alright. Maybe uh, maybe Reeton will actually feed me this week. <laughs> we can hope, you know. Wait, wait, no, he can't. He was, he's not going to be back home yet. Is that why it's been so empty? So the, the joke is, is uh, I I think it's been canonical that I live like in his basement where the stairs have been removed or something like that. Like it's goddamn Ed, Ed, and Eddie or something uh, like that. I'm pretty sure that's in the lore, yeah. That's that's canonical Reeton Entertainment canon. Yeah. And uh, now that he's gone, um, I'm very hungry. Someone please send some food. <laughs> now that he's gone. Cold. He's <laughs> no longer with us. <laughs> Just like my dad. 